0: Welcome to the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations Interviews podcast. The following episode is part of our U.S.-China Horizons series. As bilateral tensions continue to rise, NCUSCR explores key developing areas in which the two countries continue to interact every day. These arenas are not without competition and friction. However, they could be fundamentally disrupted if the U.S. and China were to cease engagement in them. For more videos and podcasts from this series, please visit us at ncuscr.org horizons. Dr. Anne Kokas is an associate professor of media studies at the University of Virginia. She is the author of Hollywood Made in China, published in 2017. How has China interacted with the American film industry in recent years?
1: China has been incredibly important for the American film industry, um, especially over the past 10 years, because we've seen a massive growth in the overall size of the Chinese box office. The Chinese box office is larger than the next three box offices combined, and it's rapidly coming to be this, roughly the size of the American box office. We'll see this year with COVID if actually China overtakes the US box office because US, studio, because US theaters have been closed for so long. Um, the Chinese market is actually slowly, slowly opening. But what this means is that these big block, these big budget blockbusters that are the centerpiece of a lot of American studio production require access to the Chinese market in order to recuperate their budgets. So it's essential that studios can access the Chinese market for their bottom lines. So what we've seen is a shift in terms of prioritization. Um, Studios are thinking more critically about how they can access the Chinese market and what they need to do, not just with individual films, but across all of their product lines in order to be able to maintain access to China. So how does this interaction
0: benefit China and how does it benefit the United States?
1: So it's really interesting. And we need to think about benefiting what part of China and what part of the United States. And I think this is where the dynamic starts to change. So it benefits the Chinese the Chinese film industry to have more foreign films, more U.S. films released in the Chinese market, because it actually uses a lot of the studio capacity, um, particularly for high for um, for unique format films, so like 3D or IMAX. Um, they now there are a lot of them in China, and there are a lot of them that are being released in the U.S. So this is a big advantage. The other advantage is in terms of this kind of Chinese focus on becoming the biggest and the most powerful in the world. So Hollywood studio films also bolster the overall size of the Chinese market. Historically, they have. Now, this year in twenty in 2020, we won't necessarily see that. But things like The Avengers Endgame increase the overall size of the Chinese box office because of the number of box office receipts. Now, this is becoming less and less important as there are really big... Chinese blockbusters that are appealing at least to the Chinese market, maybe not to the global market at this point. So things like, you know, Wolf Warrior 2 or Neija um, are really, the Wandering Earth, are really taking the Chinese box, uh, box office by storm, even if they're not making a big impact elsewhere. Now, one thing that we do see, though, is that the US is benefiting in terms of its like overall market growth. Um, so US studios are benefiting and the US stock market is benefiting as these studios are able to grow. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that the US creative industries benefit as a whole. Because Hollywood studios are now thinking, what does it mean when I make something for our access to the Chinese market. And not just about this particular film, but about anything that our company makes. What is the
0: difference between China's influence over US filmmaking
1: and America's soft power over China? So the key difference between Chinese influence over US um, filmmaking and America's soft power over China is the level of control that the Chinese government has in terms of market access. So the Chinese government can have a hold of holds a very kind of careful watch over the number of film distribution slots per year. Up until 2017, this was, um, this was governed by the US China film agreement which expired in February of 2017 and now since February 2017 we've been engaged in this massive trade war so we haven't really had the chance to renegotiate those film quotas so essentially the Chinese government is not officially held to any kind of requirements to admit US films to the into the Chinese market now US soft power has kind of an attractive phenomenon so a lot of a lot of Chinese um, a lot of Chinese young people still enjoy watching Hollywood studio films China, however, has not had that same success in the export of its film and media production.
0: How do you predict this influence, China's influence on U.S. film industry,
1: might change our industry over the next four or five years? Well, I think a lot of it will depend on what happens with the COVID box office. So specifically how quickly U.S. theaters are able to of you know, reopen and start to really admit large numbers of people in a very dense way. If that doesn't happen for years, then we may see a Hollywood studio system that starts focusing almost entirely on the Chinese market for any big budget films. The other thing that I think we're seeing is we may have a transformation in terms of where films are made. Um, if the pandemic continues to be really bad in the U.S., we may see a lot of um, what's called runaway production or production in other countries. So that could also shift the power dynamic between Hollywood and China. How might the U S and China engage with each other more collaboratively or symbiotically in this arena? So I think that there are actually a lot of opportunities for potential collaboration. And I know that there's been a lot of discussion about, you know, Chinese influence and Chinese soft power and changes in content. And, you know, this, this whole situation with the taiwan flag being removed from tom cruise's jacket in the new top in the new top gun as a result of chinese influence i mean these are these are real concerns however one of the things that was the foundation of the research for my book hollywood made in china was something that still exists today and that's the interest in shared creative collaboration between creative people in the united states and china and this doesn't necessarily exist on the level of you know Avengers Endgame or these gigantic blockbuster films, but there are people who are you know, screenwriters and independent producers who are still genuinely interested in learning from each other and telling shared stories or even not telling shared stories, just learning from one another and telling um, strange idiosyncratic stories that, um, that they're able to develop. And that's really exciting. And I think it's really important. And it's very, very easy to overlook with the increases in rhetoric, both in Washington and in Beijing.
0: Are we seeing an increase in Chinese production companies or Chinese money and investment moving into the U.S. film industry, funding films that are, you know, shot in the U.S. or partnering with U.S. production companies?
1: Yeah, so we're definitely seeing an increase in Chinese studios operating Within, within Hollywood and in funding in funding films. This is actually the most significant within the context of tech firms that have moved into production. So, for example, Alibaba Pictures. Um, because these are firms that are cash rich, you don't necessarily make like a ton of money from making movies. A lot of the reasons why there are big blockbuster films is because they're ancillary products like toys and lunchboxes and cartoons and So that are able to complement the film production. So cash rich tech firms are actually uniquely poised to be able to participate in content production, even if they don't get a financial return immediately. So with the new WeChat ban and concerns about Tencent's operations in the US, we see that this might also kind of impact funding in Hollywood if the administration kind of starts to move further in that direction. Is there anything in terms of what the administration is doing, for example, this
0: recent ban that could prevent future collaboration or encourage future collaboration, any sort of actions, restrictions yeah. that could be put in place or taken away?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of potential implications for. Um, one big one, and I want to preface this by saying, I think that there is, there is a logic to restricting TikTok's ability to operate in the US. I don't know that the way that the administration went about it was the best approach, but um, but I mean, TikTok is a creative platform. So, and it's owned by a Chinese firm. So I think that that, there was, that was taken away. Now there are some upsides from that, for that happening, but I think we need to acknowledge the role that TikTok has played in the creative landscape in the US in 2020, that's important. But the, part, the place where I really see huge issues in the media production landscape is with the banning of WeChat because we don't understand fully yet what the implications will be for businesses that are trying to operate in China or with Chinese partners. So for example, my colleagues and friends who are working in LA with Chinese partners are on WeChat constantly because they're that's the best way for them to interact with their colleagues. And if anyone's going to be shooting in China, being able to function in China without WeChat seems like an impossibility. So there are a lot of ways in which that really erodes the possibility for economic collaboration and for economic activity between the two countries. And this isn't just with the film industry, this is um, in a huge range of other industries as well.
0: For more on US-China interaction in key developing sectors, visit us at ncuscr.org/horizons.